Life is one long journey made up of many detours. Some are chosen and some are not, but they all teach us something along the way. Welcome to the Detour Podcast, where conversations about life detours and travel detours converge. It's one part human experience and one part travel experience put together to teach and inspire us to take the detour and enjoy the wander. Welcome back, Detour Podcast listeners. We are uh, coming live from Zoom this time. Uh, Normally, I try to meet in person with my guests, but due to the coronavirus that we're all experiencing right now, we have to practice social distancing. And it's, um, I don't have a space where I can be six feet apart from my guests. Uh, In fact, I usually use the public libraries and those are all shut down right now. So we're, we're like everyone else in the uh, world, I think, right now, uh, connecting through Zoom. So my guest today is um, a guest that we plan to have on before all this craziness happened, and we had to keep rescheduling a little bit, but now we're going to just get it done with Zoom because what she has to share today is uh, timely. It's important for us, and I think that we all need it. So today's guest is Marcia Kazara. And she is the president and CEO of Live Full Consulting Company. And she has got a master's degree in industrial and organizational psychology and 20 years experience with relationship dynamics in the workplace. She's mostly worked in HR. Uh, Marcia has been applying the skills, knowledge, and experience to coach and counsel individuals, not only in their employment relationships, but also in their personal ones through placing special emphasis on mindset, emotional intelligence, and a unique approach to solving conflict. So a lot of us are at home. We're in this um, hunkered down, uh, you know, stay at home order. And um, we are feeling anxious. We're having to be with our family members that we're not with 24-7. Some of us are doing e-school, and so we need Marcia. Marcia, can you help us today? <laughs> I am so glad. Maybe we weren't meant to have this um, podcast before. Maybe we were meant to have it now. So <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I um, think it didn't work out before because it wasn't supposed to, right? That is probably the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yes, I think we are all going through, um, you know, crazy times. Every time um, things that are uncertain or things that break our routine, we're just not okay with change. We don't like it. It makes us um, uncomfortable and afraid. So I think we're all in the same boat. Yes, and we are definitely, as I said, experiencing some anxiety. Um, we are trying to be very um, mindful when we are leaving our house. We're encountering people that are scared, and some of them are very reactive. Um, uh, we're having to, like I said, um, be at home with family members without a break a lot of times. Um, you're, you're e-schooling with your kids now, right? 
I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All of our um, schooling is now online. So um, it's tough because we do have that change in our routine and it, it's the prime time to be needing to understand how to resolve conflict and also how to use the strategy that you have developed because people are always telling us, you know, calm down, don't overreact, but they don't tell us how or what to do differently. Right, right. So you've got right. some tips for us today? I do. And you know, it's not, it's not only how to resolve the conflict, but also how to keep your own peace. Because what we see here so much is so much of what we worry about is so out of our control. And when you sit down and you take out, you know, and you start biting out the pieces and you realize, okay, wait, this stuff I can get, you know, I, I have control over this stuff. I don't have control over, you know, let's sit down and think things through before we literally go mad, you know, mm -hmm. to, to um, mirror what you're saying, there's so much going on, not only the e-schooling, but, you know, some of our spouses, my spouse, for example, he's a police officer, so he is essential, and, and it, he literally has to strip his clothes in the garage when he comes home, so, you know, you worry, you're like, what are you bringing home, what, where were you exposed to, you know, so, there are, again, there are things that are out of our control, but what we need to focus on is how do we keep our peace internally so that through this madness, we are, like, we are able to see straight and have a head, you know, a straight head on our, on our, on our shoulders. So I do, I have a method and I literally have been using this for a very, very long time. And I have had to use it for situations as serious as deciding if I wanted to stay married to deciding if I wanted to let my kid uh, go out to a party. Same exact, same exact method. So this is something that is simple. I know I didn't invent it. Um, I know that I, this, I practice it. And again, things are, it's very simple. It's probably not very easy to follow if you are acting on an emotional, from an emotional place. So first and foremost, we are going to move all our thoughts and all our actions from the back of our head, from the amygdala to the front, from the front of our head, which is our reasoning our crit and critical thinking. That's what we want to do. We want to bring our, you know, our emotions all the way down. So the first thing that I have an acronym for it and I call it SAWPA, S-A-W-P-A, right? Mm -hmm. So the first step in this, whenever anything is happening, again, something as crazy as you not knowing if you are supposed to stay in your marriage to something as little as, you know, you wanted to yell at your kid because he made a mess in the kitchen, any of it. The first thing you do is you stop, 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 stop yourself, take a deep breath and just pause. That's the number one step. The number two step is going to be the A part of my step is going to be assess. You stop and you say, okay, 
what's happening? What's going on? What is the situation at hand right now? Right? Yes. So many times we act out of such emotion that we don't even, we don't even give ourselves time to assess the situation. We jump to conclusions. We yell before knowing all the facts. We fight before knowing all the facts. We punish, you know, before knowing all the facts. We are not stopping. Well, yes. And uh, just to pause you on those first two there. Yeah. So the S stands for stop. And you said to stop and breathe. Okay. So let's apply it to what's going on right now. There's a lot of different things going on. Like you said, your husband is an essential employee. So when he comes home, you're, you're worried about what he's bringing home. There are people that are um, losing their jobs. They're waiting to see if they're going to be laid off. They're waiting to see if the government is going to say, okay, no, now this business needs to close. You know, a lot of our small businesses that are deemed non-essential are having to close. And, mm -hmm. and these times are the times, like you said, when you're, when you're in a crisis in your marriage or something really serious maybe has happened with your kids or even something that hasn't happened that's super serious, but you're just under stress and you might be overreacting. Um, we do have, we can really quickly spin out and start doing the what ifs. Well, yes. what, what if they close down my business? What if my husband gets laid off? What if this, what if we, what if we do bring the coronavirus home? What if, you know, and you can start doing all those what ifs. And so then your, your second point is to stop and really assess and you've got to pause yourself with the first one and then assess like, okay, what is the actual risk of this happening? Am I understanding those first two, right? Absolutely. And when you're talking about that first one, uh, stopping yourself. And when I say, take a, a, take a deep breath, you, it really, really physically helps if you sit there and you take a deep belly breath, because if you notice you can actually give yourself a panic attack if you are breathing quickly and heavily. If you go, <laughs> you will give yourself a panic attack. So you stop, right? Pause, stop the press, take at the very last one deep belly breath and you say, what is happening right now? So to follow your example, yeah, what is happening right now? I am freaking out because I may lose my business. I am freaking out because I may lose my job. I am freaking out because my husband might bring the coronavirus to my house. I am freaking out because there is no toilet paper. <laughs> I am freaking out because there's no water in the stores, right? So to recognize what is happening, that's the assessment part. What is happening? A lot of times what is happening is you are having a reaction of fear. You know, your anger is usually a reaction of fear. It's something that you are um, fighting. It's some, something that is happening in your world that is going on a certain way and you are fighting it. It's a resistance, right? So you, it just gives you so much power to sit and assess it. It doesn't, you know, it, it makes you a stronger person to say, I think I'm having a panic attack. I think <laughs> I am having a crazy overreaction. I think I'm literally freaking out because of this and this and this and that. So say it, say it out loud. Say what it is that is happening. That's your assessment part. 
Mm-hmm. That's also really good advice. Just as you said in every day, like, especially I'm thinking about an example, like with marriage, because sometimes you can misread, you know, your husband or your wife or, you know, whatever the situation is, but you can misread. And then you start, you know, um, sometimes you hear it as like, you start making a story up in your head, like you oh, know, yeah. your husband's distracted and it may be something about work, but you, you feel a little off. And so you're like, oh my goodness, you know, he's mad at me because whatever. And oh, now this is that. And so you, you start making up these stories in your head that most of the time aren't even reality. We um, create and, so yeah. much, so much. Yeah the BS stories that we make up in our head. And oh I heard goodness. one time from um, uh, some, somebody else saying, um, you can even do that. You can even say to your family member, okay, I'm making a story up right now. This is what my brain is saying to me. Is this even true? And then they can be like, no, or they can be like, yes. You know, um, if you're, if you're interpreting why somebody's behaving a certain way or whatever. So um, getting that assessment of what's really going on, that's, um, you've got to start there. Correct. Yes. So once you understand what is happening, you know, once you have your assessment of what is happening, you know, um, my husband and I, I'm giving you examples. My husband and I are in a horrible financial crisis and it is hurting our marriage, um, you know, deeply, or I am having a situation with my teenager where he, whatever, is drinking or is, is, is hanging out with people that he shouldn't hang out with. And I am afraid for his future or, you know, you assess it that way. You basically write down your facts. So after you have that assessment, then you are able to weigh, that's my W, you're able to weigh your options. What are your options? What options do you have? And a lot of times, this is where you find out if whatever it is that is bothering you or worrying you or giving you anxiety is, is in or out of your control. That's, that's where you find out. So you weigh your options. You say, okay, this is my situation with my teenager. Can I keep him home? I mean, that, that's an option. Can I keep him home and, and not let him go out with his friends? Can I take him to counseling? Can I try talking to him like, you know, a different way? I mean, you have, you just list down all the options that you could possibly have. Should I just leave him be and, and, and may the, <laughs> may the cards fall where they may? I mean, yeah. it, it's a whole lot of different things that you could do. So if your answer is there's nothing I can do, then that is one of the things that is out of your control. So you got to let it go, mm -hmm. you know? So that would be weighing your options. Uh, give yourself all the scenarios and all the possibilities of how you could potentially address or solve this situation that is bothering you, right? So let's, let's talk about it in today's world. Say, for example, I... I'm afraid I'm going to be laid off, right? 
So I'm freaking out because I may be laid off. I heard the rumor in the company. They don't know if they're going to be able to keep us. They don't know if it's going to be a furlough. They don't know if it's going to be laid off. So when I sit here and I say, okay, what are my options? My options right now, I have not been laid off yet. Mm -hmm. I am not on furlough yet. So really, all I could do right now is maybe plan for if certain things happen. Okay, if I get laid off, well, maybe I'll be able to go to unemployment and get my unemployment, right? If I get furloughed, well, that means that I will be called back to work within a certain amount of time. So I'm going to have to figure out finances. You know, so literally breaking down and taking a bite out of, of your, this big mess of a problem that you think you're in just makes it that much smaller. Or manageable, maybe not smaller, but manageable, right? And I and I like what you said uh, first, which was you haven't been laid off yet, and you haven't been furloughed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, you know, again go back to those what ifs, and we get caught up in those what ifs, like they happened. And of course, yes. you have to sometimes run through scenarios so that, like you said, you can be prepared. So maybe you're going to say, like, okay, this is somewhat of a possibility. So we've got to really, you know, tighten our pennies. We need to make sure that, you know, we have an idea of what we will do, that kind of thing. But in all kinds of situations, people worry about things that never come to fruition. Um, I remember when my kids started driving. Now that is scary. You know, they had lessons, you know, they practiced, they weren't allowed to just go off on their own, but at some point you have to let them go off on their own. Like that's just how you drive by yourself. You have to let them go. Um, But it is the scariest thing, one of them in the world at that time, at that stage. And you can go through all those scenarios. And I have where your mind will just go to those worst case scenarios. What if they get in an accident? What if they, you know? But what if they drive to Target all by themselves, come back just fine, like I do, you know, and nothing happens. I have put myself through worry and anguish over something that did not happen. And so uh, I think Mm -hmm. it's really important to not create anxiety before it's there. (laughs) Right. And a lot of times that anxiety is over stuff that is not there. So you are 100% right. And think about how much joy and peace you are stealing from your life by creating these potential scenarios or narratives in your head. And how you can burden, we're talking about our children, how you can burden your children and even handicap them if you act on that fear and hold them back from doing things because you're afraid, you can really uh, burden and handicap them from living a full life out of fear. 100%. Let me give you an example on that. My father, he is 75 years old now. And he, I remember forever he told us that the first time he got a bicycle his mother worried so much and she was so overprotective the first time he got a bicycle he may have been 10 years old he was older um 
in Costa Rica and he fell off the bike. And first time he fell, she took that bike and she, he never rode a bike again, you know, and to follow what you're saying, how much can you damage your own child because of your own traumas and your own fears, you know? So he later as an adult learned how to, how to ride a bike and later as an adult, and I'm talking in his forties, learned how to swim because he was so sheltered from everything, the fears of, of my grandma. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So we, it's, it's natural to have, you know, some worries. I think it just comes with being a parent, but um, you do have to kind of take those thoughts captive and um, really think about what you are doing. And if you are making a wise Mm -hmm. choice with your worry or you're really not. Absolutely. And let me tell you, because I don't want anybody to feel like they're not normal or like they're doing something wrong, Um, you know, to, to, to uh, second what you're saying. We are wired from the times of, you know, from when we were cavemen to be negative. So it is actually called the negativity bias. It's not just, you know, it doesn't just happen to parents. It happens to all of us. You know, when we were um, roaming the earth looking for food, um, our brains were wired to detect threats to our life. You know, so if we were hunting, we were either going to be had for dinner or we were going to have someone for dinner, you know, or something for dinner. So this was this was just your primitive, very primitive instinct. And we evolved as humans, but that part of your brain stayed the same. So our brains are wired to detect harmful potential things. Dangers, like that fight or flight, right? It's called fight or flight. It is called, well, once that is activated, that part of your brain, the amygdala is activated, that it creates your fight or flight or freeze. Lately, there's a third one, fight, flight, or freeze. So where we find ourselves, we're either fighting, we're running away, or we freeze and we have no idea what to do. But all three of them, we're acting out of our, uh, out of emotion. So it has been proven scientifically that you can rewire your brain to think in a more positive way instead of letting that negativity bias run your life. Because again, to tell everybody, we are normal. We're not strange. We're not weird. We tend to always think, but what if, or the dangerous situation, the potentially dangerous situation. We all do that. Now, we have to practice intentionally those positive thoughts every single day so that there are different uh, connections made in your brain. To think from your frontal cortex, from your, you know, critical thinking, reasoning place of the brain, rather than to think from your emotions. And, And it's just like going to the gym. It's like, it's just like training, you know, a muscle. You literally have to stop yourself and focus on rewiring, making those new connections. Otherwise, we all are going to be thinking, you know, on the negativity side. 
Yeah, and and on anything, I, I I'm not sure what the percentage is, but it's it's pretty high. Um, something over eighty percent, I believe. Um, maybe even into the nineties of our daily choices are made like out of habits. They're you know they're they're out of it's just like what what we do you know um, mm -hmm. until we consciously decide to do something different. And sometimes we um, the first thing you have to do is think about what you're doing, like you said, and then say, okay, do I want to change this? Like, is this something that I want to keep going with? Or is this something that I want to change? Let's go on to that next step, which would be P and you say that is play. So we've stopped and we take a bre breather so that we can calm ourselves down for a minute, mm -hmm. assess the situation and then weigh the options so that we're dealing with the reality and not made up things. And now what? We want to do what? We want to play it out. So we, when you are weighing your options, you need to play them out, all of them. So this was, this was always given to me by, I had a wonderful boss. He's still around, it, but he always used to tell me the same thing. Okay, you have, you have uh, options A and B. You could do A or you could do B. Play them out, both of them. Play them out fully, thoroughly, completely. So, um, you know, I, I mentioned this a lot. I, I talk about it openly. So five years ago, I was deciding if I was getting divorced or if I wasn't getting divorced, if my marriage was going to make it or if it wasn't going to make it. And, um, you know, this is a good example here. So you say, okay, if I divorce him, this is how I'm going to play it out in my head. What, what is going to happen? okay, we're going to split up. We're going to sell the house. We each are going to go live in two different places. My son is going to, you know, go every other weekend probably with each parent. Basically, that's how you play it out. And then you yeah. say, if we get divorced, then we are staying where we are. We're going to have to go to therapy. We're going to have to work on these things. I'm going to have to work on these things myself. He's going to have to work on these things himself. And that's how it goes. So you literally play out both scenarios and sometimes it's not easy, you know, cut and dry, black and white. Okay, well, this is the best decision, but at least you are able to see a big picture of what everything would look like. So in your example of, you know, letting your kid go to Target or, you know, letting your kid drive, you say, okay, let's play this out. Like you said it yourself, mm -hmm. he gets in an it. I have to go get him at a hospital. I'm like stressing out. This is what would happen. Or he actually goes to the store, does what he has to do and comes back home and everything's fine. Right. right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you are literally playing out your scenarios, playing out a lot. Uh, I mean, those are your scenarios, but you can, you can play out your choices for decisions that you have to make. What do I, what should I do? Should I do this? Okay, what happens if you do this? Play it out. Or should I do this? What would happen if you do that? You know, in that way, you are able to get a little closer to making that decision. Yeah, that, that, that good old-fashioned advice of, of kind of making the pros and cons list or, or that, um, you know, reality check of, okay, let's, like you said, let's play this out. And, and what would that look like? And then you also kind of had another P with that too. If you're, uh, you know, somebody of spiritual, you know, beliefs, 
then then pray about it. Say, okay, what, what's the right what's the right issue here? What's the right decision? Maybe I know the right thing and I still f- feel some anxiety about it. You know, pray pray about that decision or pray about okay. I am nervous about letting my kid drive. I know I've got to just let him do it and, you know, give me some comfort that way. Yeah. I think in decision-making, I am 100% a woman of faith. So I, I pray over everything, but I think in decision-making, um, silence is so, so imperative and silence, meaning don't tell everybody your problems. Don't, don't tell everybody waiting for them to tell you what you want to hear. You know, your answers are inside of you. Your answers, you can find them in prayer. You can find them in that silent place where you just go and retrieve and you just be quiet for a little bit and listen to yourself. I think that is where God speaks to you. So when I say play it out and pray, you're, you're literally thinking, you know, I'm not taking away your, your reasoning and your critical thinking. You, I, we should all, God gave us that wisdom and discernment. He gave us all that. But if you are too busy with outside noises, which means other people just getting yourself busy with just white noise, you know, uh, it's going to be hard for you to listen to to listen to your answers, but your answers are there. You, you usually know um, what you need to do. So yes, play it out and pray. And then the last one is A, and that stands for what? Act, act on it, do it. Make a decision, right? (laughs) Make a decision, act on it. This is your call to action because literally what we did was we slowed you down. We made you stop being you know, this is how you get out of your emotional state and you get into your critical thinking state. But at the end of the day, you have to make a decision and you have to act. So you have to do something. And sometimes, sometimes what you do is not the right thing. Sometimes what you do was probably not the best decision, but it was the best decision for you at that given moment. And then once you realize, okay, that was not the right thing to do, then you do this all over again and you and you make another decision because a lot of us go through life frozen, not doing anything at all because we don't know what to do. So we just don't do anything. So we stay in that, you know, fight, flight, freeze uh, position that we were just talking about. It's still an emotional state. It's paralysis. It's analysis paralysis. Sometimes we think so much so yes. I can come in here and weigh my options and play them out and pray about it. But I just keep doing that in a loop and I keep doing it and doing it. And I never come to a decision. So I'm, fr- I'm frozen. So yes, you have to act on your, on your decision. And then again, do it. If you made a mistake, you do it again. You know, life is about second chances and choices. And like you said, you can always go back to that first one again, which is stop. Okay, I made the decision and this is not the decision that's working out for me. I'm going to stop again. Exactly. (laughs) Assess, right? Exactly. Options now again and see how that will all play out this way because we already did it the other way and we didn't like how that works. So now how could it play out? 
and then make a new decision, like you said. And I also think it's really important to kind of go back to what you said about, um, you know, not telling everybody um, about what decision you're trying to make. Um, it's, yes. it's good to have, you know, counsel sometimes or help, help have people help talk you through things. But like you said, not, not too many or um, very few because yes. you can get real close to making a decision. And even people that really went the best for you or um, care about you can, can talk you out of things or talk you into things and yes. go against what really, like you said, your heart knows is right. And right. so um, it's very weird time that we're in right now because some of our choices are being taken away, but we always do still have some choices in things. And um, like you said, it's really important to decide for ourselves how we're going to handle uh, certain situations. 100%. And I think, I mean, during every time, but also during this time, if I can, if I can add a couple of extra um, pieces of advice, you know, I think it helps clear your mind. If you're too stressed, it helps clear your mind to do a little bit of exercise. And I'm not talking about, you know, have a full workout session. I'm talking about go outside, go for a walk. Again, be in silence. Get yourself in silence. Uh, listen to a good podcast. Listen uh, to soothing music or don't listen to anything at all. Just listen to yourself. So, um, go try to go outside we still can go out we still can walk and run and ride our bikes um take a half an hour you know um try to have a good night's sleep i know it's hard when you're stressed to sleep but sleep is just so imperative for someone's mental health try to have a good night's sleep do some exercise do something for someone for someone else. A lot of times we are so focused on our own, you know, woes and what's going to happen with me and what, you know, all these uncertain things and we forget about others. But if you shift that focus and you focus on someone else, you totally forget about yourself. It's true. It happens. Yeah, sure. And especially if you kind of are in that little bit of a mind spin where, where you just, you know, you're trying hard to, think of something else but sometimes your brain just won't let you like it's just yeah. kind of stuck on repeat you know calling somebody else and saying you know I'm tired of thinking about my problems can yeah. you just talk to me about your life right now just that little bit of interruption can help break that you know reel that's going that just keeps playing um in your head 100 percent Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's super important, um, especially now, I just read an article that was talking about um, anxiety and stress. And we're all trying to keep our immune systems strong and boosted. And back to what you were talking about with the brain and chemicals that get released and things like that. When we're under stress, our bodies make more cortisol. And yep. though that hormone, I think it's a hormone, um, yes shuts down, it, it goes back to that fight or flight um, situation. And so if you're in a dangerous situation, that hormone floods your system so that your your digestive system um, sh slows down. Shuts down. Oh, yeah. Your um, sexual reproduction. It's like all the things that are not necessary yep. in a moment like that. Um, and what ramps up? Your, your heart rate, your blood flow, 
um, trying to get all the uh, blood to your muscles in case you have to run, in case you have to fight to your brain so you can think and react quickly and all those kind of things. And so our bodies don't know if the threat is real or perceived. And our bodies right. will still do those things that they're trained to do or created to do with that cortisol. And it, if you're in a constant state of anxiety where you maybe don't even realize you're kind of running at that level, it decreases your immune system. It makes 100%. you more susceptible to disease and to catching viruses and things like that. So it's super duper duper important to try to find, you know, some peace and relaxation and whatever that looks like for you. That, that is 100 on point. I just made a presentation on that and it is true. All your major organs shut down, your digestive system shuts down. That's why, you know, when you are produ producing that much cortisol, that's why you can't sleep because your body is trying to go, 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 go. And that is why it's so hard to sleep. So yes, it's hard to control that, but the fact that you're able to recognize what is happening to you, the fact that you're able to say, okay, my body right now is in a state of panic. I'm in a state of fight or flight, which means that, you know, the, my organs that need to be working right now are not working appropriately. Studies have shown that just being able to meditate, do yoga, sit down and do the deep breathing, um, you know, deep breathing exercises that we were talking about, all those things will bring your heart rate back where it needs to be, your blood flow right where it needs to be. And you have to, it's almost like um, a shock therapy. You can't let your body run you that way. Once yeah. you are aware of what is happening to you, you need to stop and say, okay, I recognize it. I see what is happening and I'm going to take care of this. You know, yeah. you need to take care of yourself. The same way that your body, as I said, can be convinced that it's in danger, even when nothing really, really, like you're not being attacked by a lion, you know, danger right. is going on. You can convince your body that it's okay to calm down too. And it does take Perfect. that mindfulness in it. And so your, your body, your mind can convince your body to be in a state regardless of what is actually going on. And that, that takes practice. And, it, and especially if you've been going the other way for a long time, it can take a lot of practice. I know I didn't even realize the amount of anxiety that I lived with until about, I would say about six years ago. Um, actually, my, one of my children was um, in some therapy for having anxiety and panic attacks. And mm -hmm. I was talking to the counselor about her and the counselor said to me, and we wouldn't know where she would get that kind of nervousness from. <laughs> and I was at that moment, I was kind of like, what? Like, <laughs> what do you, like, I didn't say anything, but I was like, what did that mean? But it just made me think. And then I started noticing, you know, I was like fidgeting with my fingernails, like picking at my nails. I was, I was wiggling my foot. I was, I was tapping. I was fidgeting. Um, I was, when I paid attention, I was holding tension in my chest and I started noticing how I had managed my life to 
control the anxiety. So I really wasn't. I had just kind of thought I was. And Sheila, so, it's so important what you're saying right now yeah. because your listeners need to recognize these signs too. Because now that you're saying that, I get told all the time, you're so peaceful, everything, you're always just so even keeled. And I'm going to, I'm going to confess my anxiety because I know that I, I had to learn that that's what it was. Yeah. I will pick my cuticles. Mm-hmm. I'll pick on my cuticles when I'm talking mm-hmm. and, or sometimes, and sometimes it gets worse than other times. I will pick on my lip also. If I have dry, you know, if my lips are dry, I'll pick on them and I'll make them bleed. And I have recognized through time that I do this when I'm stressed about something. I do it more than not when I am, when I have something heavy in my mind. And I know that we all do it. We all do it in some way, shape or form. We just got to look at, like you said, we just have to look at what it is that we do because there's a lot a lot of manifestations of that anxiety for sure. Yeah. And they're really um, self-soothing techniques, you know, there are ways that we self-soothe that we don't even realize, you know, that we're doing um, because it's, it's just something that we almost do, you know, subconsciously or or unconsciously. And then, like I said, until that counselor kind of pointed that out and I I was like, what does that mean? You know, um, then I realized what I, I started noticing what I was doing. And then I was like, wow, I really have a lot of anxiety about like a lot of things, you know? And, um, so I've been slowly, um, undoing those things. Um, and it's funny (laughs) recently. So, um, I started having to take these, these little, I had to give myself injections every two weeks. And, um, I don't, like needles. Um, I can get blood taken. I'm not somebody who freaks out with that, but I just can't look at the needle piercing the skin. It just grosses me out. And so the, the needle is like super tiny. It doesn't even hurt. I mean, it's like, it's like a mosquito bite amount of discomfort. Okay. But I'm like, I have, I want to be able to do this. So the first time I could not, I just took the needle out of the bag and I was like, I cannot do this, you know? <laughs> and so my husband had to do it. And, and, um, and I was like, Oh, come on. I am a big girl. Like I can do this. I'm like, I'm going to do it the next time. So then the next time I did it and I poked it into my skid, but then I freaked out because I could not make myself push the plunger. Yes. So it was just <laughs> sticking there. Like, and I'm like, Oh my God. And so my husband had to like push the plunger, you know? And then I was like talking to myself again, like, okay, this does not hurt. You're not, you know, like, why are you freaking out? Like you can do this. So the third time I did it. Now I did have a physical reaction. Like I did it all by myself, but I did have a physical reaction. Like I thought I was going to like dry heave or gag or, or something from it. But each time it's been easier and easier now that I had to do it a few times, but you know, that's a silly example, but sometimes we just work ourselves up into things like I cannot do this. Well, clearly I can't, you know, clearly I can't. Right, exactly. And it's not a silly example. That's exactly how it goes. You know, we just don't think about those. We don't think about it until we stop and slow down and assess and go, okay, what am I doing right now? Yeah. Yeah. So um, listeners, I hope that whatever kind of stress that you're feeling 
um, during this you know, crazy time that we're living in that um, you will remember uh, Marcia's acronym. It's SAPA and it's S-A-W-P-A. And that stands for Stop, Assess, Weigh, Play and Pray, and then Act. And those things can um, help you become more aware, help you make decisions, and maybe get you out of that anxious feeling. So when, um, so what are you doing now, Marcia? Are you still able to do your consulting? I know you were doing some training. Is that some of that on hold or what's going on with you now? So all of it is on hold just so that, you know, we're, we're the same with all our listeners pretty much. Um, all of it is on hold because my training is our corporate I do a lot of corporate training. So, um, you know, there's no visitor rules and some of the companies are actually uh, sending people home for now. So all of that has been, um, you know, postponed. So I am doing just a lot of research online in regards to my HR part of it, you know, the laws and the relief bills and all that good stuff. So um, right now I'm just I'm just staying educated and I'm staying calm at home. I paint furniture. So I've been doing that a lot too. Um, so I, I am finding ways to keep myself busy and um, motivated. You know, we all, we all have it. So I'm doing the same things. I'm trying to sleep well. I'm, I am exercising daily just so that my body is in the right, you know, in the right place. Again, we got to do what we can do something about, right? Well, let's just talk a little bit before we go um, about what you are do, like what you do normally so that when people are listening to this later and when we all get back to our normal lives, um, if you want Marcia to come and um, help you with some different things, she can do that. So uh, I mentioned before that you are a coach, but you also mentioned yourself that you've been doing some corporate training. What type of things do people hire you to do? Sure. I'm, I have been asked to be um, a speaker at different events. Um, I'm speaking on communication. I am speaking on avoiding conflict. I'm speaking on relationships and your brain. Um, also on languages of appreciation in the workplace. So all the things that you can talk to individuals, you can also bring to corporations. So I can go to different, you know, women's meetings, or I can go to church meetings, or I can go to corporate meetings. So it really depends on the topic. Um, most of my topics are obviously around people and uh, around relationships and around, you know, behaviors. So I, I will do it in any setting, really. And then you've also been doing um, some active shooter training and um, things like that. Yes. Well, that was, I'm glad you brought that up. That is a separate training that I have put together with my husband. I mentioned that he's a law enforcement officer and he's a certified law enforcement trainer. So um, I asked him one day, I said, you know, I've been doing all these violence in the workplace trainings what do you think of doing one together with me on an active shooter situation so how do we put it together from the side of hr in a company and the side also of law enforcement um, once they are responding to an active shooter and we did it so we've actually 
we were pretty busy with it until <laughs> we started getting, you know, the company started getting closing for, you know, for meetings. So those we have to pick up as soon as everything calms down. So yeah, that's another, um, another one of our trainings. Um, as you said, um, you have worked with doing speaking engagements for different companies, uh, churches, networking groups, women's groups. Sure. Those will all be people that would benefit from hearing what you have to say and you can customize what you talk to them about based on their needs. Um, as you said, it's, it's all about relationships no matter what situation that we're in. And if That's we can right. learn how to have better home relationships, marriages, parenting relationships, work relationships, um, we're all going to get along and much better. And um, especially at work, most of us spend a lot of time with our work people more than we do our families. And if you have to work with someone that you do not get along with, that can be a, a constant state of anxiety, anxiety. Uh, if you can't handle that. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, good stuff, Marcia. Thanks so much for coming on today. We really appreciate it. Here's how you can contact Marcia. You can get her on email at uh, marciacozera at gmail.com. You can go to her Facebook page, which is Live Full. Tell me real quick um, how you came up with that name. I thought it was just like a cute story. <laughs> yes, I love the story. My son is now, he's going to be seven, uh, 16, but he was probably nine or 10. And I, I've been trying to, to get out of the, cor the whole corporate you know, industry. And I've been wanting to do my own thing for many years now. And back then I said, I need a name for my company. And I would just say that every day. And I, you know, and, but one day randomly, my kid, he was 10 back then around 10. And he said, mom, if we, if you knew you were going to die, if you knew exactly when you were going to die, wouldn't you want to live full? And I thought that was it. I'm like, that is it. That is exactly what I want my business to be called. I want it to be live full because in every single way, emotionally, spiritually, financially, physically, mentally, we want to live full to the fullest extent. So, um, that's it. It stayed. And that's what you want to help people do, right? To live yeah. full. Absolutely. I love that, that story. And I love that name. <laughs> and I love your intention behind it. Thanks so much for sharing yourself and no. your expertise with us today and for being on the podcast. No, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad we did it. Yay, finally, right? <laughs> we kept <laughs> yes. trying, but this was probably the perfect time, like you said. Yes. So thank you so much, Marcia. I uh, will put all the information to contact her in the show notes. And listeners, thank you again. Stay safe. And don't forget, take the detour. We're all on one now. <laughs> and enjoy the wander. So until next time, thank you so much, Marcia. And thank you, listeners. Thank you, Sheila. Bye-bye. for listening. You can follow, interact, and ask questions about this episode and others on our Facebook page, The Detour Podcast, and on Instagram at Sheila Shinsky. To hear more conversations like this one, you can listen to all of our episodes on The Detour Podcast channel on Podbean. We're also on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. So be sure to share this episode with a friend who loves podcasts too, and rate, comment, and subscribe yourself. 
So you can join us next time as we take the detour and enjoy the wander.